0: Alright, cool. I'm going to do a quick intro when we go live to set up the podcast and then let you go into whatever tangent you like to go on at the start of the episode. I
1: have no tangents. I'll probably have a tangent.
0: Welcome to Game Life Balance US, a lifestyle podcast hosted by adults with jobs and families who are trying to figure out how to make time to have fun in the grown-up world. We like to nerd out, but we're more than just fun and games. Check out our website to connect with us on YouTube, iTunes, Google Play Music, and elsewhere at gamelifebalance.us. And if you like us, then please tell your friends to check us out.
1: I'm Adam from Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. Longbox Edition, a podcast member
0: of the Gunna Geek Network, just like the one you're listening to now. The opinions expressed are those of each individual. Check out all the other podcasts at gunnageeknetwork.com and get ready because geekiness begins in 3, 2, Here we go! I am Cody Goth, and this is Jonathan Martin, and this is Game Life Balance US. And today we plan on talking about a couple things. We're going to make a, as, as Jonathan put it, a video game sandwich. I love the way you put that. It's very um, very artisanal, like an artisanal cut of meat at the deli.
1: Isn't that what Panera calls their sandwiches? Artisanal, like, aren't they artisanal sandwiches? Or is that a Subway thing?
0: I don't know, but if either Panera or Subway would like to sponsor this episode of Game Life Balance U.S., it might be too late, but if you'd like to sponsor any future episodes of Game Life Balance, you would. but this would be the most appropriate one because we're making the, the sandwich.
1: We're more than willing, though, to talk about how much we like your artisanal sandwiches on future episodes.
0: It's true, but this is going to be a veritable content sandwich,
1: if you will. You were you laughing in spite of yourself. You know, so. Do you know what one of the best things about recording that secret episode was? It wasn't, it wasn't, I wasn't involved. It was that I got to complain about you to not you. Yeah. That was the best thing about it. Because you're used to complaining to me to I'm me. usually, I'm usually complaining about you to you. And it's, yeah. when somebody else can also complain about you at the same time, it makes it, it makes a much more satisfying experience.
0: No, no it's true. I actually wanted to specifically talk about that uh, in a quick plug right before I quickly and the word quickly is already degenerating into not quickly outline this this content sandwich of an episode that we have so we call this podcast game life balance we're actually going to start and end with a little bit of video game talk in the middle have some have some things about our lives and, and how we live them and that will will kind of go in the middle. Uh, I'm going to keep things very high level at the start. The idea is I'd like to say a couple things about the social aspect of Final Fantasy XIV. So don't worry. It won't get too... Like, if you're not a gamer, you you should still enjoy it. And then John went on a trip this summer to Las Vegas that we'll hopefully talk about. I went to a trip to Spain. On a trip to Spain, I went to Spain. I traveled to Spain. I was in Spain. I was inside Spain i uh, it's just going to make some stupid Who sexual innuendo. No, you already did. Right. There you go. You did it for me. Uh, this is why we've been working together so long. We, we finish, finish each, each other's, other's sandwiches and we yep. bring it back around. And I will hopefully talk about that. And then to wrap up the episode, getting back to the gaming world, John has something to say about something called Kentucky Route Zero, it's which I don't believe s- is
1: super brief. I actually do plan on going into a full gamer uh, bit about that. When I finish it, but I just want to talk about a couple of of first impression type things,
0: yeah, cool, so that's the intent i don't know if any of these things will happen. We intended on doing about half of this stuff on our last episode, and then a lightning storm knocked out your power. What
1: happened? I feel like I haven't actually lost power in the way that we lost power that night in like i don't know ten years, so it just it was like a crazy freak storm. Talking like 40-mile-an-hour winds, just absolutely pouring rain, lightning and thunder, like that constant lightning and thunder in the sky type thing. You know what I'm talking about where it kind of doesn't stop. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and the power flickered once, and that was when we very first shut off, and it came back on again for five seconds, and then it shut down completely. And we had literally lost power for probably five hours. So it was a very long power outage for for me i know people go days without power sometimes in like crazy storms but this was just like a random freak storm that knocked out our power for for about five hours so uh it kind of stunk uh i couldn't run the fan in the bedroom it got kind of warm uh for sleeping but yeah it was weird it was kind of a weird is, thing is it humid up in the twin cities we live area? in we live in the midwest minnesota exists in the midwest therefore it is humid Yeah, but it's especially humid here where we're next door to one of the Great Lakes. No, it is very humid up in Minnesota as well. You may have one Great Lake. We have all of the other ones. We have all of
0: the other lakes. You're the land of... of 10,000 lakes.
1: 10,000. Yeah. 10,000 to the 1,000th power lakes. Which I believe in internet
0: land, you're known as the land of over 9,000 lakes.
1: Is that what we're known as? Now you are. I don't understand. That's not that funny because it's 10,000 well, lakes. That's more than 9,000. That's literally what I just said. It's over Ex- 9,000. Explain the joke to me. It makes <laughs> jokes funnier in detail.
0: Which, which is weird because last week when I thought I wouldn't be able to get my camera to work, I originally picked a photo of Vegeta to show as my avatar for last week's episode. Um, and, and, and over 9,000 as a quote of his st- bringing it back full circle. I intended to do that on this episode of game life balance, us, the American edition, which is not the Australian edition. However, you guest hosted kind of an episode ish. You didn't really actually, no, you didn't guest host an episode of game life balance Australia. You guest hosted an episode of game life Guidon.
1: Right. Actually, Which... I don't think I guest host it. I think I just host it because I think the idea of Game Life Guidance. So if you didn't listen to the episode, uh, it's a guiden ga- in Japanese is a Japanese term for a side story. And so we have uh, AC Yoshimura, who is one of the hosts of Game Life Balance Australia. And I decided to record a secret episode uh, and try to start a new series called Game Life Guiden, And the idea is that any of us can record a Gaiden episode together. Basically, it's a side story. It's an episode that is unrelated to our general run of episodes. Uh, it could have any kind of combination of us. I mean, maybe we'll do an all four of us episode of Game Life Guiden, but we just kind of secretly recorded this and put it out there into internet land without you or Rob knowing anything about it. And that was kind right? of the intention. So here we are. I, I will say the first half, It uh, you
0: sounded... You did such a convincing job of sounding like you hate me in the first probably two thirds of the episode, and then actually in the last little bit, I think you accidentally tangentially say some things that end up being less inflammatory by accident, and thus almost come off as kind of almost nice.
1: Well, I did. I probably slipped out of character towards the end of the episode. Yes, that is that is a possibility.
0: So there was a little bit of that, but you did such a good job of sounding like you hate me that when we connected at first for this episode, I was actually a little worried about it. So then, I like, I, then you know what? I
1: did my job. That episode turned out to be a, a roaring success for me then.
0: It it, it was a rollicking success. I just finished listening to it, and uh, and, and I'm excited to, to... But now you have co-hosted a thing with AC, and I co-hosted, I guest hosted a... Now I was a guest host, so I guest hosted an episode of Game Life: Valence Australia with Rob. So now we we haven't had them on our
1: feed at all, really. No, and I actually can't guest host an episode with Rob ever because we are the same person. So that's yeah, and that's not a secret either. So I mean, we can't actually exist in the same place at the same time.
0: Yeah, based on uh, based on the tweets that AC and I have been exchanging tonight, I feel like we would just troll each other. Endlessly, and I don't, I don't know how we would even like. I feel like it would actually become a three to four hour episode of
1: us just trolling each other. Yeah, it probably would. It probably would. So tell me about Final Fantasy fourteen. That's the I want the top layer of our uh, of our episode sandwich. Yeah, yeah, we do have a lot to get to. So, but um, uh, Listen, go
0: to GameLifeBalanceAustralia.com to check out John's things. So right now, just for a moment, I'm going to kind of go full gamer.
1: It's really like half gamer, isn't it? It's like, it's like half gamer. It's
0: kind of more like half gamer. So I've been playing Final Fantasy XIV, which you can hear all about. Couple episodes ago we had our friend Brad guest star, guest host, and we all all in a massively multiplayer online RPGs, which uh role playing games, which are intended to be to be played with lots of other people online. And I've been playing Final Fantasy fourteen. This is my first MMO and I guess a thing that's in a lot of MMOs are these things called guilds, which are just groups of people that will quest together. The idea is a lot of these adventures are put together in a way that it makes sense for a party of four or five people to do these dungeons or quests together because their abilities complement one another. There's a healer, there's a, a tank, there's there's other people. And anyway, that's the thing. So when you join a guild, which in Final Fantasy XIV is called a free company, you're... You're just... I don't know. How would you even describe it? You're just There's just a group of people that you talk to, and sometimes you quest together?
1: Kinda. Um, the other thing that Final Fantasy XIV allows you to do as a guild is you get the ability to get player housing, so your guild can create a house in some of these housing blocks. They can decorate that house however they want, however the the guild leaders generally want. They can have gardens in there that they can grow, plants that you can feed chocobos, like... They try to expand the idea of what a guild can do in Final Fantasy XIV over some of the other games. In, in World of Warcraft, you basically have a guild to raid. Otherwise, your guild is kind of unnecessary. Otherwise, there's, there's a guild bank as well in, in World of Warcraft. But basically, you have a guild so that you can raid. Um, and, even, okay. and even then, you don't even need one to raid anymore. And actually, you don't need one to raid in Final Fantasy XIV either. So I mean, you don't need one in any of these games. It's a
0: totally optional thing. Yeah,
1: yeah, absolutely.
0: Well, now I'm in one, and it's it's interesting for me because it's it's there's a chat box in the lower left hand corner of my heads up display, and the chat before box. Before
1: we before we we begin though, talking about your new free company, we need to first. Uh, We need to first let the the listener know that you were kicked out of the free company, Bacon, which was the first free company. No, you you joined a free company called Bacon, and apparently you said something horribly racist, is what I was told. And you were kicked (laughs) out. You were actually kicked out of Bacon. I don't think I've ever been kicked out of a guild before. You were kicked out of Bacon and had to go find your way to a new family that would accept your horrendous racism.
0: So, yeah, it was it was actually sexist and racist and uh, transphobic and cisphobic and cyphobic uh, and biphobic mm-hmm. and triphobic and bifocal Phobic. and bifocular yeah. and monocular yeah. and, uh, yeah, and Nazi.
1: Bacon, you made the right choice. So you joined a new Phobic. free company. You joined a new free company. There's a, there's a chat window.
0: I think Bacon kicked me out because I was inactive. Because mm-hmm. I joined in... Mm-hmm. All mm-hmm. right whatever free company i'm in now it's better so there's a chat box in the lower left hand corner of your screen at all times while playing this game and usually for the last two months of playing the only messages i get are spam messages that bots send out for for crap to spam um well now my chat box is constantly populated with people in the free company talking and it's really entertaining like earlier tonight, they were talking about different art role playing games they had played, and they were making fun of each other's decisions and Then one of them started saying, insisting that that the player was from Canada, and everyone said, "Where is that? That's an imaginary place?" and everyone just kind of made fun of Canada for a while, which I thought was hilarious because because we have friends in Canada from the Good and Geek Network, and that was hilarious and it was really cool, and my character is level twenty eight the highest level you can be is 60. There was a level 60 player. I mentioned in the chat box that I needed to do a dungeon, and he said, Oh, I'll I'll tag along. You won't have it won't take you as long to find a group if you have a tank with you. And this guy was a tank character class. So he joins and we do it. But the thing is, there's a level sixty player who probably has lots of really good items and has done this dungeon several times. And so he just kind of sped through it. Whereas we're all watching cut scenes, you know we're all sitting there watching the because because when you get to the end of the dungeon there's this there's this scene this cinematic scene that occurs that you're supposed to watch for the storyline, but these guys have all done it before, so none of them wanted to do it so I had kind of mixed feelings about that you've done both ends right John like you've at various levels in your rpg career how do you how do you balance not just blowing through everything when you're helping lower level players?
1: you just have to consciously make an effort to do that. I actually had similar experiences with Final Fantasy 14 towards the end of of the base game, which is up to level 50. You get to these 8-player dungeons and I was the only person that hadn't done the dungeon before when I had when I went in there and it was actually a really big bummer because I would li- some of the cutscenes are really long in these dungeons too because it's the end of the main game like it was, it was before the expansion to the game came out it was the end of the main game where these couple of dungeons and so they're these big sweeping cutscenes like there always are in Final Fantasy games and I would literally watch the cutscene for two minutes and when I came out of the cutscene everybody would be gone and I would have to try to find the way to get to them again Ugh. and there was one dungeon where I never did and so, literally, they did the dungeon without me. And it was just me trying to wander through the dungeon, finding them. So, there's, there's, unfortunately, there is not a good system in place to prevent that from happening in this game. As the tank... As somebody who tanked a lot... That was my main role when I was playing World of Warcraft, when I was playing it as much as I did. that When I was leading raids, I was a tank. You kind of get to set the tone for the dungeon. You're the one that sets the pace... because stuff doesn't happen before you pull. So you have to make the decision as the tank that I'm going to kind of chill out. I'm going to take my time with this so that other people can enjoy what they're doing. Cool. Okay. That's the only thing. That's the only way to do it.
0: And this is kind of a unique problem to Final Fantasy XIV too, right? Because I know there's a huge emphasis on story, and the developers are really well-known for lots of cinematics. So this isn't something that would happen in World of Warcraft, right?
1: No, this is the first game I've ever played where they actually take you out of... they They... Take control away from your character to do a cutscene in an MMO. I've never had that in any other MMO that I've tried before. Okay, cool. So yeah, I, that's it seems unique to this game.
0: Well, I, I just wanted to make that kind of observation question, but the fun part and the, the best part of the story is there's currently an event going on in Final Fantasy 14 from August something, it's already started, through the early September. It's called the Moonfire Fair, and there are these side quests that you can do. I don't remember I don't I haven't participated yet because I'm level 28 and they start you have to be level 30 to access it. So hopefully I'll be able to get to it in the next couple of weeks. But some of the awards, the rewards you can get from this are are new emotes. An emote in, in in one of these MMOs is basically your character does a pose. So you can clap for someone, or cheer someone, or dance, or things like that. Well, there are these new emotes that apparently are poses, like the Power Rangers do. And they're super, or like the Ginyu Force does in Dragon Ball Z. They're super cheesy, and you know, it'll be one of those ready for battle, like, I've got my arms up. Or I'm like, yeah, ready to go. It's some fighting pose. So, the best part of this dungeon was I got to the final cutscene and I'm watching it. And when I got out of the cutscene, all three players were standing uh, above this uh, on at the edge of this ledge overlooking the boss, and they were all posing. And they were all in this like Power Rangers pose and and I looked and started laughing immediately and then I go look in the chat box and one of them said, my character's name is Tyria they all said Tyria's gonna, gonna be like what the hell's going on and it was, it was just the funniest thing so I did think that was cool that they at least recognized that I was in the cutscene because they knew I was new to this dungeon and they decided to do something stupid and then I got to enjoy that so I'm I'm starting slowly to see the benefits of MMORPGs and the community aspect and the social aspect because this is all tied in. This is never something that would happen in a single player game, right?
1: So that was fun. That was all excellent. I'm glad you're enjoying being in a guild. It's it's a good it like if you if you really go down the MMO hole, like if you find if you really slip down that hole and you get into a, a very active guild in one of these games. I've said it before on this podcast. I'll say it again. I don't think there is a better gaming experience that can be had than playing an MMO with a very active guild. I just don't. That was it was by far my favorite time of of gaming in my life. Was playing World of Warcraft with my guild and when we were raiding three nights a week. It was it was my favorite time.
0: I legitimately for a second I I saw you had a look on your face when i when I was finishing that story before you responded. you had a look on your face and it was kind of it was a happy look and it wasn't really a smile but it was a happy look and I know it wasn't at me because you don't like me, but nope. I know you were thinking about you some something about what I said took you somewhere so I could tell yeah
1: i mean there's a there's some serious nostalgia when it i'll you know I'll never be able to do that again and i I, I understand that at least not in like tra- the traditional gaming sense of any games coming out in the near future because i have a family now and it's it's just i have a much different dynamic when i'm playing video games but that that time in my life when video games were very important to me when world of warcraft was the most important thing to me other than my future wife of course um was it was awesome it was really awesome it really was i it was awesome well, so cool. i would i would love for you to you have to you have to the, the problem is is really balance because these games can seriously throw off your life balance if you dedicate a lot of time to them but if you're able to balance it and still get to do those things like the the raids and the and the other free company experiences or the guild experiences like it's is seriously amazing it is such an amazing thing to do in video games
0: I will say balancing, living with a significant other has always been a major challenge for me because they don't understand that it is a social experience and it is a social game. And if my girlfriend's on the phone, for example, and someone invites me to a party and says, hey, I'll run this dungeon with you, which is doing me a favor and invites me. And then there's four of us and we're 20 minutes into a 40 minute dungeon. And she comes up to me, I can't just hit pause and put the controller down. I had this problem when I used to play ranked matches in Call of Duty and Halo in 2011, 2012, and I would have a girlfriend over and she would be, I mean, she'd be over for a while just kind of hanging out or whatever, and suddenly I'm doing this multiplayer thing and then suddenly, oh, give me your attention right now. And it's like, well, uh, I mean, uh, uh, how do you...
1: Uh, it's never easy to communicate these things. No, MMOs are kind of notorious for that. I think so, yeah. It's something you have to something you have to work around. I will we'll try good. to I'm to sure we'll on. talk I'm sure we'll talk more Final Fantasy 14 in the future. Yes, yes, yes. Oh yeah yeah, before
0: we move on one other quick thing. Uh I also have, I, I I my girlfriend did come in the room and and want to and wanted my attention, which is great. I love giving her attention, but uh in the chat box I I started telling everybody my cat was bothering me because I'm playing as a female character, and I didn't want to say my girlfriend is here in the room because then they might get suspicious as to whether I'm a female or I'm not. And sometimes I have found people are nice to girls on the internet just because they're girls. So I'm playing as a female character, and I'm like, well, maybe all these free company people are nice to me because they think I'm a girl. And I didn't want to give away that I wasn't a girl by being like, oh, my girlfriend came in the room, even though that doesn't necessarily mean I'm male. So... I'm just going to hide all of my personal information and just tell everybody I have a cat to mask. What's wrong with you?: Because I'm a psychopath, but I have a point, and you know I have a point. Do you? I have a huge point. It's gigantic. It's, a, it's uh. 10 feet taller than any point I've ever made, and it's getting okay. bigger
1: all the time. Gross.:
0: You can talk now.
1: Well, we need to enter the next segment. We're done with Final Fantasy fourteen. I know We're moving you. on. Yeah. We're moving on to the meat of our sa- this is a double decker sandwich. There's two layers of meat. Why did your I Your initial Your initial bread was satisfying. It was satisfying. But it is not it is not the true meal.
0: But it was artisanal
1: bread. Of this episode. It was artisanal. Uh, Panera, uh, subsequently, you can sponsor this podcast, Game Life Balance US. Simply write in uh, to our email, which is posted on our website, gamelifebalance.us. You can go ahead and sponsor us. I, we could talk about more about your artisanal breads, I think. Yes. Mr. Panera yeah. or Mrs. Panera. I don't know. I don't know who actually owns the company or wears the pants in that family. Ms. Panera? I, it could be Ms. and Mrs. Panera. I mean, it's it's 2016, right? I went to Las Vegas. I didn't eat Panera when I was there. Really? If,
0: if you were to. If you were to talk about Las Vegas on a podcast and you had to name a segment, I would probably call it Vice Stuff. You look like you just had a seizure. That was horrifying. Why didn't you make that face? Because you literally make that face. You make worse than that face. do not make wa- Every am, time we do that I'm not capable the, the, the of episode. making a face worse than that face.
1: Anyway, so tell me about your Vegas Life Stuff. So my wife and I love Las Vegas think I might love it a little more than her but I know she loves it so we try I think we've probably gone to Las Vegas about once a year at least for probably the last four-ish years and the the Vegas trip has really kind of evolved for us over the past couple of years we we have moved from people who had just gotten out of school had just gotten their first jobs had much less less disposable income at the time without a kid right so we would book at like a kind of uh i guess i'd call it a a lower tier hotel on the strip and (laughs) because i mean there's there's a definite tiering system for hotels on the strip right mm -hmm. there's if you just keep it at low medium high you could you could do that you could even probably go low low you could even go one, two, three, four, right? But generally, generally, there's like low, medium, and high, and you could really leave it at that. And We were probably sticking to the low in terms of quality uh, hotels on the strip, and we have, as we have gained more disposable income, we have kind of changed our our habits there. Like we start, we have started to stay at the middle tier of hotel. We're not quite ready for the higher tier of hotel. yet. We've been staying at the middle tier of hotel. It's and it's been it's been fun, and our Vegas trips have been really good. Except the last time that we went We kind of got the feeling I think we might be a little over Vegas So this was like a year ago And it was just that Like we didn't kind of get out of it What we wanted to At that last trip So uh, this year Casey's mom loves Las Vegas as well And we For a birthday present We got her plane tickets to come out with us To Las Vegas And we we got the rooms and everything So we we took her out there And that was her birthday present and we stayed at the MGM Grand, which was our first time staying there. It's her favorite resort, our first time staying there. Whose favorite resort? Her mom's? Yeah, her mom's. Why is that which her is, favorite resort? Because they have a lazy river, and she loves the lazy river. <laughs> I'm not kidding. She loves the lazy river. If they have a lazy river, she loves the lazy river. That makes it her favorite resort.
0: No, That's fine. That's fine. There's nothing yep. wrong with lazy rivers. I, I've, I've just stayed there, and I not being a lazy river person, I it's not my favorite hotel to stay in.
1: So, yeah, we can talk about that in in a minute here, but we we stayed we stayed at the MGM. It was our first time there. Um and we after after debriefing at the end of the at the end of the trip, my my wife and I both decided this was actually probably the best Vegas trip that we can remember ever taking. Really. Really. And it had nothing to do with the hotel because we both agreed that we were never going to stay at the MGM again. Okay, we so it actually had It actually had nothing to do with the hotel. So, like I said, we've done Vegas a lot of different ways. Before, I was always... For the past couple of years, I've always been really big into gambling. I really like to gamble. It's been the emphasis of me spending time in Vegas when I've been there over the past couple of years. This year, I didn't really gamble... As much I gambled one basically one night I gambled one night, um, but the rest of the time was spent just kind of kind of hanging out and doing some really light gambling at the end of the night. We spent the entire day every day we were there at the pool, so it was 115 degrees, and the pool was awesome. The MGM has about six or seven pools in it. they're kind of generic pools, though they're just big squares. Like, there's nothing special about them. And then they have that lazy river, which I got in the lazy river once. I was really underwhelmed by it. I lost my sunglasses. I had to go back to Lost and Found the next day to get them, (laughs) praying that somebody turned them in, which they did. Oh, that was nice. But that was like my lazy river experience, right? So it was really lame. Like, it was, I I was not a fan of the lazy river. And otherwise, all of these other pools were just these really generic... Just square square concrete pools, right? And up to this point, Casey and I, our favorite hotel has been the Mirage, which has this really big, almost oasis like pool that is just fantastic. It's probably my favorite pool in Vegas that I've been to. What, why, so, why does the shape of the pool? It's just it's not it's not just the shape. It's like the aesthetic of being there. Okay. Right. So it's so it's huge. There's a lot of room to move around. It's got islands in the middle that you can go and set a drink so you can move around the pool and still have a place to set your drink rather than just sitting at the side the entire time. Um, it's, It's just a... Like, we got in the pool one of the days, the pool that we were sitting by, and it was so crowded that you couldn't even move, basically. Like, you couldn't even move probably three or four steps without bumping into somebody else. So it was just... It was not an impressive pool to us. And when you're spending eight hours a day by the pool which we we literally spent like eight hours a day by the pool it just wasn't you know it wasn't that great it, was, it wasn't terribly sure. impressive but again it was still like the best Vegas trip they ever took and what we did this time that we haven't really ever done before is we placed a lot of emphasis on the restaurants that we ate at so we've always been kind of foodies like we like good food but we've never really gone and spent the money in Vegas to eat good food because the restaurants are a tier above generally like the good restaurants in Vegas are a tier above the good restaurants that we're used to spending money on and when I say that I mean like the restaurants in Vegas that we went to had anywhere from like $35 to $50 plates which we do not eat at on a regular basis like right. at all maybe like, once, maybe like once a year outside of when we're on vacation like it's really rare that we go to meals like that so we decided okay what we're going to do this time when we go to Las Vegas we're going to we were there for 3 nights. We're going to go to a different like nice restaurant every single night. So the 3 of us each got to pick out one restaurant and we went to that restaurant and when you're in Vegas and you go to a slightly nice restaurant, they really try to make it like an experience. So they it's a very it's a long procedure. So there is like the initial greeting step there is the hey we're going to come here and we're going to teach you all about the menu and this happened every single night that we were at one of these restaurants we're going to teach you all about the menu we're going to teach us what we're going to teach you what sets this restaurant apart like how we do things why it's different and why it's great we're going to get you set up with drinks because everybody wants a drink right when you're in Vegas so we're i'm going to go through the drink list and I'm going to sh- tell you why you should order these drinks we're going to come back we're going to we're going to give you the drinks. Then we're going to talk about each thing on the menu and about the things that, that I like as the server, why it's good to order this, why you probably shouldn't order this thing, etc. I mean, generally dinner was like a two to two and a half hour process every single nice. night. It was long. That's what, and that's what, they, that's what they're going for. They're going for an experience. But the the restaurants that we went to and the food experience was just so good over this trip that it really just set... It kind of blew away any other Vegas trip because of that. Like, by us placing the emphasis on the on the dining experience and then just hanging out by the pool because we love hanging out by the pool, it was just, like, the perfect... It was the perfect Vegas experience because we would get done with dinner at, like, 10 o'clock, we'd gamble for, like, an hour or two, and then we'd go to bed, we'd wake up the next day and do the whole thing over again. Hmm. The other thing that made Vegas phenomenal was that my brother... So I've got a... I'm 31. I've got a 35-year-old brother. He lives out in California, which is a stone's throw spitting distance from K- from Las Vegas.
0: I spat there once, yeah.
1: It's a 35-minute flight, something like that, or a four-hour drive. <laughs> so it's very close. We had just, like, when we very first booked the Vegas trip was, like, two months ago. We We texted him and his wife and said, hey, and they've got a kid, too. We said, hey, we're going to be in Vegas on these days. If you guys want to come, you should come. And it's a lot easier for them to make that trip because tickets are much cheaper to go from from California to Vegas or they could drive if they wanted to. Uh, But we just offered, you know, we extended that invitation to them, knowing that it it is easier for them to get there. And they said no, because they had some they're doing house remodeling, other stuff going on. So the night we were leaving because we took an we took a 10 p.m. flight into Las Vegas, (laughs) we were sitting in the airport. And I texted my brother, and I said, you know, it's never too late to come to Vegas. And he texted me back, and he said, hypothetically, if I came to Vegas, where would I sleep? And I was like, this isn't going to happen. So we talked a little bit, and he's like, I'm going to talk to the wife, and I'm going to see. She wasn't thrilled at the idea immediately. But the following day, he was like, dude, I'm going to come out for a night. Is it cool if I just stay in your room? And my wife and I discussed it and we're like yeah you know we get to like we get to see my brother and his family once a year if we're lucky so we're like yeah we have like we have to take advantage if we're if we're able to so he booked a flight like the night before came and stayed in my room with me Casey stayed with her mom we were we had adjoining rooms for uh for one night hung up by the pool had dinner with us we gambled all night that was the night that I gambled and we were out to like five in the morning got offered cocaine and ecstasy by a drug dealer uh, he said he had heroin but I had to go to the other end of the strip to get it if I wanted it <laughs> the other end was, of the
0: strip that's like it was, pretty it's like far. an hour away yeah. yeah it was like
1: so it was like it was like a uh, at like five in the morning it was pretty it was pretty sweet also he was like you guys want to buy some some weed and he pulled out an entire sandwich baggie that was literally stuffed with weed and it was hilarious because it was like it was like out of a Hollywood movie <laughs>
0: A full-size Ziploc or one yeah, a of the tiny size, sandwich?
1: No, no, no. The the sandwich bags. Like a full-size sandwich bag that was stuffed with weed. Did he want to a, sell
0: you that whole bag or just a little nugget? Or... Just
1: a, just a little bit, I'm assuming. We didn't really explore that option because then he started talking about cocaine and ecstasy and also said we could get us heroin. And we were like, I think we're a little out of our element here. So we left, which was a good decision. <laughs> but, yeah, that was... That was that night. So I just randomly got to see my brother for one night in Vegas. And it was a sweet night. And then he left He left the next day. We just sat by the pool. I don't know if he, if he got sober at all. I don't know if he was ever sober <laughs> once he got there because he was, like, drinking on the flights on the way over. And then we drank the whole time. And then we drank by the pool. It was really great. And so that, that just really kind of took the trip over the edge. I, I feel like I love traveling with my wife. And there are certain trips that I am all about doing with just her. Like when we go to Mexico, I am totally for that being a just us trip. Because it's like us at like a romantic resort. It's, all in, it's like all inclusive.
0: Uh, well, well, help Wait. me make the case. Because I want to bring my girlfriend to Vegas. She has no interest. And I need to know how to talk
1: her into it. I mean, there's a lot of good food. <laughs> there's a lot of good food. Like, that was that was seriously the thing that made our trip the best this time. But there's also, like, if she likes to sit by the pool and read, like, that is an awesome thing to do in Vegas. I know she likes to read. Everybody sits by the pool, which is great. The pools That's are awesome. True.
0: I, well, I think she has the perception that people, it's kind of the dredges of society basically go there, and there's a lot of kind of just people gambling and drinking excessively. And I feel there's like there's a there, lot more.
1: There's a lot of that, but there's there's a lot more than that too, for sure there's it's become It's become much more than that over the past like fifteen, 20 years. Not that I went before that, but there's from what I understand, it's become a lot uh, more than that because it's had to to be able to remain profitable because the gambling and the staying at the hotels has really kind of de like it, in terms of them making money on those things, that's really decreased and so they have to offer these other things in in Las Vegas in order to make money. So that's why there's all of this great food now and there are these things like the Ferris wheel that you can ride where you spend like 20 bucks and there's a bartender in your car on the Ferris wheel. What? And you can just Yeah, yeah, there's a Ferris wheel that opened like 2 years ago and you go into a car and you spend like 20 bucks and it's all you can drink for the hour that you're on this Ferris wheel. And the Ferris wheel just goes around. It's a huge Ferris wheel. And it goes around in a big circle. You go around once and you get to see the strip and drink on the Ferris wheel. Wow. Yeah. And there's there's all sorts of stuff like that.
0: So have you done old Las Vegas? Fremont we Street?
1: Down, we went down there for the first time last year. It was enough for me. It does have <laughs> a, a... But, but, it does have a... It has a definite charm. Like... It has a definite charm to it. It is definitely worth seeing. And it's some people's, some people, it is their scene. And that's cool too. I got a really bad shrimp cocktail. Don't order the shrimp in Las Vegas. It's a bad decision. Oh,
0: hold on a minute. The dollar shrimp, the $2 shrimp cocktails, the Golden Nugget? It was a dollar.
1: No, it was a dollar. Okay,
0: no. There's one that used to be a dollar from what I've heard, but they upped the price to $2. And there are $2 shrimp cocktails. And I want to say Golden Nugget, and they are delicious.
1: No, you shouldn't order the one at the place that I was at. Like, you should not order that shrimp cocktail that I got.
0: Okay, well, it was I not know. the
1: Golden Nugget. It, it might have been a Binions. I don't know. It was really bad. Binions. In, yeah, Binion's. Binions. It's like a very yeah. It's a very famous casino uh, downtown.
0: That's the worst name for a place ever. I, it's it's like somebody it's, crying trying to talk about the Minions movie. I one to see Binions. <laughs> That's what it's so fun. they have
1: like they have this awful cafeteria, and that was where the shrimp cocktail was, and it was the kind of they had the kind of board. So I was just talking about these really nice meals that we were that we were eating there <laughs> down on the Strip at the hotel that we were at uh, on Fremont Street last year. They had this big board, and it was just pictures of like fair food. It was like soft pretzel one ninety nine, uh, corn dog one ninety nine, shrimp cocktail ninety nine cents. And, like, that was the style of food that was at downtown on Fremont Street.
0: So you saw a place selling soft pretzels and corn dogs, and you decided to get the shrimp cocktail from that place.
1: Listen, it doesn't matter. You would have drunk. Yeah. But it was a a poor decision. Bad decision. Don't get the shrimp cocktail downtown. But go see downtown because downtown's cool. We actually ate at a really cool Mexican restaurant that was down off of where the casinos were at down there. And it was great.
0: Oh, nice. Did you... have And have you popped around Vegas at all besides that? Like, have you gone to the Pawn Stars place or any other random
1: places? No, I kind of don't have... I mean, I went to the Hoover Dam when I was 17 and went there, which I literally don't remember it. So it must not have left a terribly (laughs) huge impression on me. I literally don't remember going there, but we definitely did. Hmm. Um, But generally we just kind of stay around the hotels we really like to go in the heat of summer when we can sit at the pool because my wife and i both when we when we go on vacation when we get away from here we really just like to sit around as like lame as that sounds we're we we are not huge like schedule your day on a trip which there are many people that do that. They're like, we're going to hit this museum and we're going to go on this tour and et cetera, et cetera. And I have nothing wrong with people that do that, but that is so not our style in terms of vacationing. We like to go somewhere and then not have a schedule. We want to just chill out. That's the way we vacation. It's good that we both agree on that, but Vegas is really good for that because we just go there and we, we sit by the pool and we drink and we eat good food and we gamble a little bit and we go see the other crazy stuff that's in Vegas because there's crazy stuff in Vegas and it's it's good. Yeah, do you, I mean, do you see any shows ever like Cirque du Soleil, stuff like that? I love seeing shows. My wife hates shows. So we compromise by occasionally seeing shows. We didn't see any on this particular trip. We have in the past. Oh, why does she hate him so much? It's just not her thing. She huh. just doesn't right. like him. So the reason why the MGM was a low light in terms of hotel is because it is legit the largest hotel I've ever stayed in. And from our rooms to get to the pool, it was roughly a 15 to 20 minute walk. It was, it took forever. It's ridiculous. To get there. It is the, it is the most giant hotel I've ever been in. So it was just, you know, we do the thing where we go get a bottle of liquor and we make, we make vodka diets in the room in our cup. <laughs> So we go and we have to run back to the room and walking 20 minutes to get back to the room kind of stinks.
0: Yeah, kind of sucks. You can't bring a bottle of vodka to the
1: pool? Not a straight up bottle of vodka. They're not big on that. You can mix one in the pool cups though. That's good. Yeah, so that's what we do. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of the
0: MGM either. It's just too big for no reason. They've got some good shows
1: there and they've got cool stuff,
0: but it's just, yeah, huge.
1: It's just so big. It reaffirmed our love of Vegas. I'm going to go back again with her, I'm sure.
0: Maybe let me know next time you go. Maybe that can be the hook. Because my girlfriend likes your wife. Okay, well, perfect. Excellent. And then, then we w- you know, you can rescue me when I get too
1: drunk. My my wife is a great travel partner. Legit. She's a great travel partner. No, I'm
0: sure, I'm sure. Yeah, and, 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 and my girlfriend tends to not... Be the over, I mean, she doesn't schedule. She's not the over scheduling type. I'd like to have an outline of an itinerary. So I kind of know what well, we could do this. Like if we're going for a weekend, let's say, I, I'll say something like, well, we could do this Friday, we could do this Saturday, we could do this Sunday. And then, and then we have the option. But it's not a sure. set in stone. Like I won't buy the tickets ahead of time. This ended up being problematic in uh, Spain at one point. But uh, but that that's kind of how I tend to be. And 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 there's there's certainly things you can schedule around in Vegas uh, in terms of the shows. I, I've only seen one Cirque du Soleil show, and that was Zumanity, and that's the sex one.
1: That is the sex one.
0: Yeah, it was. It was. Hot.
1: Well, let's talk about doing that maybe next summer because it's going to be a while before we get to do another one of those trips. But oh, me too. Maybe next summer. So tell me about Spain. Let's let's talk about your
0: life stuff,
1: stuff. Yeah, your your life stuff. My life stuff. Yeah, right. Yeah, I was in Your Spain trip. Before. I mean, your trip's way cooler than mine.
0: It wasn't. Uh, I don't know. Cool. Well, it was more exotic. I guess. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah for sure. So.
0: So backstory, and I've talked about this before in the podcast, so I won't belabor the backstory, but essentially, last year my girlfriend taught high school Spanish, and high school teachers get summers off. She had a month off that she knew of, so she's figured, I'm going to go to a Spanish-speaking country because I teach Spanish and immerse myself. It so happened that my my day job, my employer has an office in a few different spanish-speaking areas we've got an office in colombia and an office in well brazil's portuguese but we've got a couple in latin america i think and, and well a couple in mexico and then one in madrid and i didn't really i was interested in going to madrid because one of our friends that and by r i mean John, Martin, you, and my... One of our friends from elementary school, Catherine, lives in uh, Seville. Actually, she she lived in Sevilla, and now she lives in Madrid, oddly enough. She moved to Madrid the month that we got there, so she was going to be there anyway. But anyway, we had a friend in spain and I, I should actually drop a shameless plug really fast uh, she does a she she writes for a blog called sunshine and siestas you can check it out at sunshineandsiestas.com. and siestas.com she uh, Catherine grew up in the northern illinois just like me and john and then after college she graduated from from university of iowa and moved straight to to spain and she's lived there ever since so this blog Sunshine and Siesta, she talks about what it's like being an expat and why she moved and how she was able to do it and you know cultural differences and all these things and, and it even gives advice on on things like getting visas and and immigration stuff if you're interested in really just leaving the country you know uh, if, if somebody that you don't want to be president wins an election for example so Sunshine and Siesta is great you can you can find it pretty easily Wait is that on...
1: why she left because that would be impressive if that yeah, was the...
0: yeah she was like oh Bill Clinton won I'm leaving no wait, it would have been Bush maybe no it hadn't
1: it would have been bush when, we were, would have been
0: when bush, we were in college yeah yeah well anyway none of that's true anyway but um i should plug that because we did end up meeting with her but but so anyway i worked it out to where uh i i would work out of madrid for a week from our madrid office and then spend a week vacation so i would get to be there a little longer then a week like uh, i don't know a month before i booked the trip my boss says, hey, our London office wanted you to – was wondering if you could could do like a training for them, like a webinar or something. And I said, well, I haven't booked my flight yet. How about I just fly into London and then go to Madrid? So I did that. So I flew into London, took an overnight flight, arrived at around 9 a.m., went straight from the airport to our office, gave a presentation – 9, 9 a.m. London time. So, you know, it the, I'm sure
1: that was really good for you. It was
0: not. It was not good or entertaining for me. So, went straight gave a presentation, went straight at the end of the day from well, the end of the day that a happy hour. So, of course, I have two glasses of wine, get pretty much drunk from it because I hadn't slept in 20 some hours, and then went straight to the airport, supposedly to fly to Madrid. I'm an idiot, so I missed my flight. So, I then had to shell out for a hotel <laughs> that night. Thank God the exchange rate is reasonable right now. So it ended up being not as much as I thought, but still quite a bit. So, you know, until that night, hopped over to Madrid the next day. And, um, and then that night went to see Molotov heard of them. No. Molotov is a hard rock band from Mexico and their lyrics are extremely inappropriate. And they (laughs) basically just curse in Spanish the whole time. Okay. So we went to a Molotov concert. There were half a dozen people wearing Guns N' Roses and Metallica T-shirts. It was very bizarre. It was like a weird hipster pocket of Madrid that that, that Casey had found um, that, that we went to. But yeah, and then I and then I worked from the office for the next week, and then the the week after that we were on vacation and we went to a couple places. So uh, it was good. Uh, it was 103 degrees every day that I was not working. A high of one hundred three, but it's a dry heat, so it still kind of beat Chicago. So, because... is it like desert? No, it's not. It it does rarely rain there. And actually, this was really weird. It rained one day. It was kind of sprinkling in the morning, and when I left the office, all the cars that I walked by had a looked like they had just driven. And there was dirt all over them, super dirty. And apparently, it's because sand from the Sahara Desert gets picked up in the cloud system and actually rains sand particles from the Sahara Desert in places super in super weird. Yeah, yeah. It, it apparently it happens in Sevilla all the time and further in the south. It rarely happens in Madrid, but it happened when I was there. And I thought they were kidding, but they were definitely not kidding. So that was weird. So, so it was hot. Yeah, it's hot. It's a very dry city. There's not a lot of... It's a very, very dry city. It, I wouldn't say Vegas level of dry, but... It's it's pretty dry. It doesn't rain a lot. Pretty dry heat. Relatively inland. No giant bodies of water really. So yeah. Um, you okay? You look like you had like a look of shock on your face.
1: No. I keep keep talking. Yes,
0: I will. Um, so so yeah, we were in Madrid most of the time, and then we did take a day trip to Toledo, which used to be the uh, Toledo, Spain, not Toledo, Ohio. Toledo is used to be the sword blacksmithing. Capital of of I guess the world or of Europe anyway, and lots of swordsmiths there, blacksmiths, weapons manufacturers, and they did it officially up until I think the eight, the mid eighteen or nineteen hundreds or something. So Toledo is a place where most people buy swords. I was an idiot, and we got into Toledo kind of late, so by the time we were done checking out the cathedral, we 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 didn't have time to buy swords, which was my biggest regret. But um, but yeah, uh, so. We were in Madrid. I I I actually have some some tips that I've get, that I gave for people who would like to visit Madrid or would like to visit Spain and, and are interested in it. I gave some tips on the the podcast I do with Brian Noonan on WGN Radio. So I've got my advice there, but I'll be sharing more stories and things that we did uh, on this podcast. But you said you said last week you said you were really interested to hear me talk about my experience in Spain because. You were like, well, you weren't visiting. You were kind of living there. And that's cool you said that because, I mean, my girlfriend has traveled extensively, and usually her her idea is – she's always told me you have to be somewhere at least a month. To kind of get an understanding of the culture and immerse yourself, and but to people like you and me who can't realistically spend a month somewhere, you know, two weeks is a really long time, and it's kind of you know, especially if you're working part of it, you feel like you're part of that culture. Um, But I liked it. I like you know the the Spanish the the Spanish economy is not really doing as well as ours, uh, but their public transit system is really awesome. And their park system is beautiful. They had some some amazing, amazing parks. And, and there's a lot of history there, which I like. And um, it's a very conservative country, is all I have to say. In terms of, not in the fashion. I mean, you'll see girls walking around wearing next to nothing because it's hot. But our office, for example, everyone's wearing a shirt and tie. And that's that doesn't happen in most of our offices, or at least not in Chicago. So the business culture is very conservative, I, I, I feel. And... Um, that was a slight difference, but but other than that, like it didn't feel that different from from being here, except if everyone spoke Spanish.
1: So otherwise, like people were standing around talking about the TV show that they watched last night in like your so, office and stuff like that, like the same type of type of environment and working in like the working so, environment.
0: So no, the office was much more social. I feel. Everyone, uh, you know, when I got there, our marketing coordinator introduced me to a a lot of people one-on-one. It wasn't just like, oh, here's the kitchen, here's your desk, here's where marketing sits. It was very much like, oh, Cody's here from Chicago, let me introduce you. This is very personal. It's a very in-the-moment social culture, which I thought was cool. And by that, I mean... People we would see all the time we would walk around and see groups of eight or 10 people sitting at at a table eating at a restaurant outside and they'd sit there for hours. That's the culture. They'll sit there for two or three hours and no one would be on their phones. We, we very rarely saw anyone eating out on their phones. They all seemed very present. Um, not that many people on, on their phones, even in public transit. The only, people I, the only place I saw people on their phones was at the Pokemon Go meetups, which were <laughs> gigantic. But, but it's a very, like, present. And, and we went out to a, a really cool neighborhood. I think it was Malasanya. Is that right? We went to a, a very, like, hip Kind of young person neighborhood where lots of people in their early twenties drink. Yeah, Malasania—it's a super hipster neighborhood—and we went out really late one night, and there were just people everywhere, and everyone was just talking and and chatting. And it's a very—in case you had a better idea, a sense than I did of the exact culture, you know, because she speaks Spanish, she's fluent in Spanish, she teaches Spanish. I'm not right. I speak a little, you know, she was kind of my guide. I was able to order stuff. I was able to converse with people to a degree. I was able to understand it reasonably well, but I just didn't speak it much. I didn't have long conversations. But but she kind of observed that it seemed like uh, some of the speaking style, they would kind of go on longer monologues, kind of like I'm doing now. And if you're at a dinner table, it's less, you know, back and forth and a little bit more, oh, I'm going to tell you this story and it's going to last 10 minutes. And then we're going to chat a little bit, and then someone else will kind of do that. And I suspect maybe that's why Spain is the number two podcasting country in the world behind the U.S., because they like to talk, I guess. Um, it's a yeah. really weird statistic. It is. Yeah, I, I learned that at Podcast Movement, which was a conference I
1: went to it's a the weird week. statistic. Yeah,
0: but it, it's a real statistic. I was learning at Podcast I Movement. Bu- I believe you. Yeah. So um, yeah, so so I like the culture. I, the people all seemed very happy. Like almost everyone seemed happy, even if they weren't necessarily even friendly. They all generally seemed happy, um, and and it's a pretty social culture.
1: So sticking with, sticking with work for just a second here, the work that you were doing there was it a nine to five? Like was it a was it a I have to get there at this time and then ever? I mean, obviously you're not punching a clock, but everybody leaves around the same time every day and then like goes and gets food or something. Or was it a different experience with that?
0: Madrid is super weird. So Casey and I were at a park one time reading and there was still daylight at 10 o'clock at night. So Just because
1: of where it, where it is on like the globe, you mean,
0: I guess for the okay. summer, at least I don't know if this is a year round thing. So we had, we had heard before we went there that people stay out really late Dinner is usually 10 p.m. People will go out wow. on weekends, and they'll yeah, legit. People will go out on weekends, and when they leave their homes, it'll be midnight or 1 a.m. Um, and Catherine uh, uh, validated this. She said that she usually eats around 10 p.m. So wow. uh, yeah, so everything is very different. One would expect that the most businesses would would kind of reflect that and open a little later, and that was that was typically true. A lot of places. We actually went to some comic book stores, which I'll talk to you about in a few minutes. But a lot were open. A lot of retailers are open 10 to 2 and then 5 to 8 or 5 to maybe 9 or 10. Okay. But they do they would take a break for their siesta, which is a traditional thing. My business did not. My business, I believe the official hours were 9 to 6. But... I would see people rolling in a bit later sometimes, maybe 9.30-ish. Most people were there by 10 at the latest. Okay. But they'd roll in by 9 or 10. Uh, I left, the first night I was there, I left at 8.30, and every single person was still in the office. Wow. Now, I work for a consulting firm where a lot of people, I mean, consultants work crazy hours anyway, so... I mean, you could probably say the same in the Chicago office or the sure. New York. You know, any consulting firm. There's always people staying really late. So I don't know, but for but yeah, for 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 that company specifically, um, it just seemed a bit flexible. But everything is pushed much later. I mean, there was a Saturday night where Casey and I literally showered and left the apartment that we were staying at at I think 12:30 or one in the morning to go out.
1: So. um, and I'm I'm assuming there were people everywhere and that it everywhere. was super busy everywhere. Oh, yeah,
0: yeah. No, we would I mean, we would see kids, uh, people pushing strollers at 11 p.m. regularly. So the whole culture and all the time has shifted a little bit later. And what, what Catherine told us about places like Sevilla, where it gets 115, 120 degrees during the day, is that everyone just stays holed up inside trying to stay cool during the day. And then they'll leave around, you know, starting maybe – six or seven or eight or nine once things get cooler so it's, it's like a the but the clock is weird because i asked i asked my the marketing coordinator in our office i said how does it work if people are eating dinner at 10 p.m and then you have to be here at 9 a.m and she just kind of laughed and gave me a non-committal answer that i, I guess it's like a work hard play hard Firm in that way, but but uh, you know every company is a little different. But, the, but there is a substantial difference in you know it's it's not usually an eight to five or a nine to five like here. It's
1: it's very right. like different. So what what businesses? So if you're leaving at, I mean if you're leaving to go eat at ten, what businesses are open other than restaurants and like bars and clubs? Like is there is there other stuff that's open around that time as well? No, the the retailers would only stay open until probably probably eight or nine at the latest. Uh, okay, so the nightlife is like a normal nightlife. I mean, it's yeah, yeah. It's not like people are doing their grocery shopping at one a.m. or anything like that.
0: No, although the grocery stores near us were open till midnight. Okay, so you know, so uh, some businesses shift, not all, but it's
1: but it's weird to me that their days start at the same time that our days start, but their night, like their nights, are shifted so far back. That's I mean, I'm weird used to, to me too. I'm used to eating dinner at like five thirty or six. And, like, the idea of eating at 10 is so much later on just, like, a normal night. Like, I'm in bed. I was asleep last night, and granted, last night was an anomaly. I was asleep last night at 7.45. What? I was just exhausted. I don't know what happened. I was just exhausted. But I was asleep at 7.45. Like, waiting until 10 until dinner would not have worked for me. There's no way. So that's, that seems like, it seems like there's a period of time that is unaccounted for in that day. And it's somewhere between work and food, work and dinner. I don't know, man. Be- like I said, siestas are somewhat
0: normal for a lot of people between okay. two and five, two and four, whatever. But companies like mine that are that would in America would be an eight to five don't seem to do that. So I, I think there's a lot of there's there's a lot more old old culture in some places in some businesses, and then a lot more kind of like twenty sixteen industrialized culture in other
1: businesses so that's enough about work Uh, what about like what was if you had a number one highlight maybe you don't have a number one highlight like top three highlights top three unless you have unless you have a number one No, but for this uh,
0: well I mean number one was uh, seeing the uh, the royal palace Alcazar in Sevilla was awesome that's where they filmed Dorn for the Game of Thrones TV series okay and it was awesome I and mean, I haven't even gotten a Dorn in the series but it was just it was just unbelievably beautiful and gorgeous um, partially due to the fact that it that there's so much Islamic influence in the south of Spain I mean really all over Spain because they're the, right across the, the strait from Morocco. And Muslims used to basically run Spain for, for a long time until the Inquisition showed up and the Catholics weren't having any more of that anymore. But when you see uh, a lot of the, you know, like when I was in Turkey, seeing the palaces and things and, and the, it's a very geometric art style with the tiles and patterns they have. And, and, and it's it's just beautiful when they do it in in mass, you know, and you can see these, these huge stone archways lined with tiles that are all geometrically lined up, and they look really, really cool. So it's just a beautiful palace um, with, with lots of uh, Islamic influences. Also, you get a little tired of the Christian stuff after a while. I'm not going to lie. We went to some museums, and there would be f- entire floors where every painting is Jesus. <laughs> just everywhere. Everywhere. You, you, John, you've never seen Jesus so many times in your life. Like, I saw more Jesuses in Spain than I've seen in my entire life. Is in it Jesus? Jesus. Is it Jesus? Every, everywhere. Jesus everywhere. It's got to be Jesus. Heisai he in the uh, uh, Espanol. Jesuses. Okay. Jesusi. Jesus. Los Jesus. Los Jesus. I
1: like, I like Jesus. Okay. Uh, so I many. I believe you. So, I believe uh, you that there were many Jesuses. So many Jesuses. Um, so the palace
0: is really cool. Um, we saw. We saw. Actually, you might find this interesting. We saw a an art exhibit at one of the museums in Madrid of Hieronymus Her- Bosch. Hieronymus. Her- I don't know his first name, but uh, yeah, the, I don't know. He's Bosch or. Apparently in Spain they change a lot of people's names to Spanish versions of their names. So the Like ex- Bosch from Final Fantasy twelve? So
1: different Bosch. This is B O
0: S C H. Okay. No Bosch
1: B with a B. Okay. I mean well ba- Bosch was it was B O S C H in Final Fantasy Twelve. I, I was are thinking I No, there was there was there was a Bosch. Who was Bosch? There? Wasn't it the big dude with the sword?
0: I don't remember a big dude with a sword in Final there Fantasy XII. There
1: was, there was, va- there was, there was definitely was. You know what else
0: Here, I don't remember from Final Fantasy XII? Any most character. Of, most of Final Fantasy XII. None of them had personality. They, they actually all, all had personality. Yeah, name what? Really? Pinello? Oh,
1: ba- ba- I'm sorry. Bosh was B-A-S-C-H. B-A-S-C-H. Not oh,
0: I remember him. He was the end He boss, was the guard. Was he, he was he? the guard.
1: No, no. He was a guard that joined your oh, party. Oh, he was in your party. Yeah, he was in your party.
0: All that personality, I just... Pinello. Really? What's her personality? I follow Vaughn? Cleric?
1: I don't know. That wasn't
0: even her personality because everyone could be every job class.
1: <laughs> All right. So you had Bosch the Stampede. Is that what you said? Bosch the yeah. Stampede was in yeah, Spain? Yeah, that, that game was stupid. I had Bosch This, If you look him up in Spanish, he's El Bosco.
0: B-O-S-C-O.
1: Because they just
0: changed people's names to Spanish names for some reason. Sure. Uh, <laughs> but... El Bosco was a, was a was a and I I'm not going to give too many details because my girlfriend will kill me when she hears this because I'm going to get them all wrong, <laughs> but in fact I'm going to pull up it's it's Hieronymus Bosch it's H I E R O N Y M U S he he was actually a Netherlandish painter uh, from uh, born 1450 died 1516 but so he's he's in the medieval period, but he was basically a surrealist painter before surrealism existed. And what I mean by that is... So, like, you know, we're going through these museums. There's 10,000 paintings of Jesus everywhere. He'll have a painting that's something like... For example, this doesn't exist, but, like, The Last Supper, or a scene where it's of a saint doing something, or or a saint in a church. And it looks normal like a medieval painting, but in the corner... Or in the background, there will be something like two people riding a fish that's flying in the air, or a a fish crawling out of a, a stream that's got a pig's head, or somebody just carrying, like climbing a ladder that doesn't go anywhere in the background with, with like a, with like a pool at the bottom of it and a giant shoe that somebody's crawling out of. Like stuff that, stuff that makes no sense. At all, and you're like, what is going on? And it was, but otherwise, it's a totally normal painting. Yeah, but otherwise, it's totally normal. And, and this happened hundreds of, or at least decades, but probably hundreds of years before you know surrealism and like weird art and stuff like that. But it was just the weirdest exhibit, and and some of the art was really cool, and and that was super awesome. And then a couple days after we saw that exhibit, we took a day trip to Toledo, Ohio, and we went Toledo, Madrid, Spain, Toledo. I didn't think
1: you actually meant Ohio.
0: No, okay. So we went to Toledo, Spain, and there's a giant cathedral there that's super beautiful. And we observed that a lot of the art seems kind of... It has some Bosch-like elements. So... it's not it, it like there were paintings of Jesus with flying fish in the background, but some of the sculptures there were more argoily things. There were more little weird devil heads kind of popping out of the uh, out out of the metalwork and things like that. There was like weird like kind of monstrous creatures there, like little unicorn figureheads carved into wood on the pews and stuff like that. So, um, so that was like that was a really cool thing, and I, I recommend looking up Bosch if you're an art nerd, which would definitely be a first for this podcast. Um, and and the the cathedral there was great, so so that was another highlight. In addition to the Palace of Alcazar, um, this is where we're going to be oddly similar. But my, I think honestly, the highlight for me might have been the gigantic park in the middle of Madrid,
1: and it is called. Is it like the park? It's the park. Is it like the park that everybody goes to? Okay. It is
0: a Buen Retiro Park. It is a. 350 square acre park in the middle of Madrid it is gigantic. It is beautiful. There's a man made lake where you can uh, rent rowboats and row around. There are street vendors everywhere playing music. There's live music everywhere. There is a forest in one corner of it, and then in another corner you've got all these hedges that are that are trimmed like Edward scissorhand style or whatever. So it's it's just really gorgeous. Every day was beautiful. And two of my favorite days there, were just laying around in the park reading. So, sure. like you, just I totally yeah. get that. So it's it's just, but it's so beautiful. And I, I've been to Central Park, which is probably the most beautiful park in the world because it's landscape art or whatever. It, it's you know, but but this place is a very close second.
1: So, did you do much traveling around Europe in that area at the at the time that you went? Because I know that I've been to. Europe up a couple of times and one of the coolest things is how easy it is to get around
0: yeah everything was close places. did
1: you guys did you guys leave spain at all
0: no nah, we wanted to stick around and it was part of the immersion thing and getting to know the culture and getting to know sure. you know the toledo was like an hour and a half two hours away so that was a quick day trip we went down to sevilla and this is what i was talking about when with the whole have an idea of what you're doing but you know don't necessarily buy tickets So we were in Sevilla for just a day, and then we spent the night, and then the next day, that night, Saturday night, I had to get back to Madrid because Sunday afternoon, my my flight left. Now, it's a six-hour bus ride to and from Sevilla, which is a pain. We actually, we used a service where we shared, it was, we shared a car. We got a ride down there. It's
1: just like an Uber. Yeah, but
0: it was like a long range Uber. I don't remember the name of the service, but, but it's literally a long range Uber. You, you go on the website and someone's like, oh, I'm driving to, Like if you were here, it'd be, oh, I'm driving to Indianapolis. You give me 20 bucks. and
1: Yeah, it's a, I mean, it's like legit a ride share. It's a
0: yeah, exactly. Carpool, so we did this carpool down. That was fine. So the way back, we figured we would take the high speed train. Cool thing about Spain is they have these high speed trains and they'll get you places just very quickly. A little pricier, but for, I think it was maybe 40 euro or 50 bucks or so. You could get two from, we were going to leave Sevilla on Saturday night. Two and a half hour train ride to Madrid. Cool, we're good. Get get in before midnight. We can grab dinner and and we'll be good. Last train was sold out. All the tickets were sold. So we had to take a bus. So we took a midnight to 6 a.m. bus (laughs) that was sold out. And I wanted to die. So it was,
1: so it was a little crazy. It was
0: hellish at best.
1: So, what made it so. I mean, you've taken bus trips before. We sat in. Why was this bus, it was, why was this bus We sat so in bad. the
0: very last row. I slept for about a half hour. The, I mean, that's
1: next to the bathroom. You're not supposed to no sit bathroom.
0: there. No, the bathroom was halfway up
1: a weird spot for a bathroom yeah, it, 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 was it in somebody's seat Was you were you no, keen on somebody you know, you know somebody? halfway
0: up and you take there's the staircase in the middle of the coach bus and then there's like a little bathroom under there
1: oh it was one of those coaches yeah no I know the one you're talking yeah.
0: about yeah so last row and we were apparently sitting on the engine because after a half hour it was 150 degrees <laughs> and I was sweating excessively for three hours wanting to die it felt like hell it was some level of hell Here's the other fun part. We, took, we stopped at this you know, this roadside hellhole two or three hours into the trip for, for a quick bathroom break, pit stop. Cool. Casey's like, I'm going to keep sleeping. Okay, great, keep sleeping. I'm going to get off the bus and go to the bathroom and then get back on the bus. I went to the bathroom, went back to the parking lot, and there was no bus. And I don't, I okay. don't, I'm not fluent in Spanish. I was freaking
1: out really I mean, freaking out. Why did you why did you let the bus leave without so you? So I got on... It mean, seems like a silly thing to I do. I got
0: on four other buses that were there and looked around. Nope, not my bus. Nope, not my bus. My phone was dead. No, no, no. Casey, Casey's phone was dead. I know it had died, and so she had no phone on her. Uh-huh. And I was going into full panic mode, and then the bus pulled up. It was getting gas, like, a block away, which I didn't know because I don't speak Spanish. But... Sure. There was a moment when I was legit just kind of terrified that I would be left in some You were going to be stuck in Spain place. for the rest of
1: your life. It's what? What'd you say? I said you were going to be stuck in Spain for the rest yeah, of your probably. life. Yeah, probably. At that bus station. Yeah. That was... That was where that was where you were going to that die. That was the
0: worst thing. And But then we ended up getting back. I took a short nap and then boarded the flight and then... The flight home is fine, but um, but but so we so we did Sevilla, we did Toledo, we didn't go elsewhere. I was trying to kind of immerse ourselves, um, and I learned a lot. I did learn a lot of Spanish, and I practiced it a lot with her. I need to take some kind of lesson to get some more structure, but sure. um, but I, I would like to continue to learn it because it is fun speaking another language. Did you do that in Mexico at all when you go?
1: Not really. Everybody that everybody at the place that we were at spoke English. Yeah. Uh, how did how did you feel about just? living away from america
0: i feel fine about it
1: like, did it feel any different i mean short of the fact that it's a different i guess a different country but like is it something that you're like man actually we have it all right or or you're like no this would be fine to live in this. oh it'd be
0: totally fine to live there oh my god okay. no there, no part of, no, no no i it, it, so it was the week the week i was on vacation was the week of the democratic national convention which of course was a total mess right Sure. I mean, with protests and WikiLeaks and everything. And I, you know, I, I'm so over politics. I shouldn't have looked at social media when I was there at all. I just...
1: I mean, po- like, politics aside, like, just the general structure of living. No, 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 I know. So there's there seems to be less space there, uh, at least where we... I mean, that's... That's everywhere. That's everywhere. That's in yeah, America, yeah.
0: though. So there is a bit less space. You know, when we, you know, when 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 Casey got back to our apartment, the first thing she did was text or email me, and she's just like, "Our apartment is gigantic, and so everything feels much bigger here, which is great." Um, you know, their economy isn't that hot, but honestly, in terms of their culture, seemed cool. Everyone seemed friendly. Everything was great. You know, it, it's a first world country, so it didn't feel different. And their public transit destroys chicago's public transit i mean the trains in madrid are fast quiet reliable extremely clean extremely clean everywhere and better connected better managed better run better everything like madrid's public transit is better than chicago's in literally every way i am actually embarrassed for chicago for how bad our hundred-year-old train system is It is awful. I mean, there's
1: a lot of pee and poop on those trains in Chicago.
0: There's more than you will ever know, John. More than you'll ever know. (laughs) I don't want to You don't. You really don't. Like, I live... I mean, I take the cleanest, nicest train in the city, the brown line in Chicago, is objectively the best line in the city. It's completely elevated. It's always clean. There are very rarely people begging or, you know... Panhandling on it, and there's never pooper pee smells. It's objectively the best in the city, but it's extremely slow and it's extremely loud, just like every other line here. So, I don't know. Like, the best line here could not touch the worst line there. They even had an entire huge line that goes through the city closed, and we were still able to get everywhere really quickly. Their public transit's awesome. It was great. But yeah, I could live there. I could totally live there. It's okay, Casey. We've talked about it. We didn't talk about it, but we could talk about it, but we won't. But we could, we might. But you could. You, you never you know. Won't. You probably now, won't. Um, no, I will say one other thing. We when we were out in Malasagna, kind of hanging out, we met a trio of people that were going out. We met. That's three. That's three that, people. You know Italian now.
1: Yeah, that's that was that was Italian. For trace. Three. A trace. There were
0: three tr- people. Three people. Going out. And we met up with, they were, they were Rebecca, Javier, or Javi, and Esther. Went out to a couple bars. We met them at an absinthe bar where we drank. And, dude, absinthe doesn't feel special to me. It just feels like a Loko now. Because abs- I think it tastes gross. I, I don't love the taste, but didn't it used to have, like, hallucinogens and stuff in it?
1: I think originally it did, but it doesn't anymore. Right,
0: exactly. So drinking – I mean, it was – you know, I could say, oh, I had absinthe, but it's is like drinking Four loco. It tastes
1: like minty and gross. Yeah, I don't it know. tastes I don't like, like a
0: taste Jaeger kind of, of – it, it's like drinking Four loco now. You know, there's still the alcohol yeah. but no caffeine. So it's like, well, if, you're not, if your sure. heart's not going to stop, then what's the point, right?
1: So Yeah, right. I know. That's why I do anything. It was
0: still cool, and it was a nice little bar. I liked it a lot, actually, the bar. But um, we met up with these three people and, and then went out drinking with them, and we went to some nightclub – where everybody was dancing and every song they played was American every single song and they would just play the hook and then move on so they would just play the hook to Don't Stop Believing," the hook to Sweet Child of Mine the hook to to a bunch of songs by Modest Mouse and The Killers and then just it was I don't know it was kind of weird but it was fun but one of the guys there uh, was asking about Donald Trump and he was just like why do you Americans blah 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 all this stuff and we were just like no no me gusto. <laughs> <laughs> no, we do not like him whatsoever. Goose,
1: nice to know, nice to know that those that those rumors of the rest of the world asking questions about why on earth he is even considered a legitimate candidate are in fact true. Yeah. That's actually nice. That's actually nice to yeah. hear.
0: It's true. So careful, America. The world is watching. Sweet. Um, yeah, yeah sweet. it was it was a fun trip overall. Uh, I mean, it's 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 when when people have asked me about the trip it's been really hard for me to answer because it didn't feel like a... It didn't feel that different. And maybe it's because I was with my girlfriend the whole time and so we had our dynamic that we have at home. Maybe it's because it was still a first world country and because I knew enough Spanish to where... And I've been to Europe, so it just didn't, didn't feel... Like a like, I was on a different planet or anything. I, I think for me to accomplish that, I would have to go to a third world country or somewhere in Asia, probably, for it to feel really different. Or maybe just quit social media. I don't. I don't really know. But I, I'm. Just, I I can't find words for it. I it's. I've, I've been trying to think about it, and I just can't. I can't do it. But it it didn't feel that. Di- like it? You know, I got back, and I was like, I don't feel like I've been gone that long. It's weird, yeah. but. I don't know.
1: I don't know, man. Well, sweet. Well, I'm glad you had a good trip and uh, are moving to Spain because then I don't have to see you. and is good for me. Well, no, because
0: people stay up so late there, I'll still be able to podcast with you. Yeah. And I took a bunch of pictures from Buen Retiro Park of people playing Pokemon Go, and I will be posting them to a Flickr album, and I will post links on Twitter and Google Plus and if if you want them, email us at unqualifiedpodcast at gmail.com. I, I I maybe I'll make a blog post on our website too, uh GameLifebalance.us.
1: Nice to know that, that is that is transcending the globe uh, as well. Dude. I should say that is expanding expanding beyond the borders of America to go everywhere. I went
0: to a few comic book shops with Casey because we're actually working on co-authoring an article on nerd culture in Spain. And I went upstairs in one of them and there's, there's a game room where people could play Magic or Pokemon or whatever and there was a guy wearing a Team Valor t-shirt. So I said, hey, nice t-shirt and he said, oh yeah, everyone in the comic book store is Team Valor. We've been on it for weeks. Apparently they were using a, a GPS thing to play in Australia before of all sure. places and then it was released the week I got there to welcome me to Spain. Uh, Niantic did that because they knew I was going. And um, and it was already huge, but it, yeah, it was cr- it was crazy, and it also became a universal language kind of thing because it was like, hey, I'm Team Valor I'm from five thousand miles yeah, away. Absolutely, that's cool. But um, yeah, it was uh, so more more on the nerd culture later. But uh, but yeah, I hope I hope you found that mildly interesting. Some some I of that. I did.
1: I'm glad that you were able to talk oh, about it for a good. while. That's yeah, good. Me too. I I, I I think I think I'll skip. I think I'll skip. We'll do Kentucky Route Zero later. All right because I'm going to be done with the game probably by the next time that we record, so that'll be a good time to talk about it. Um, so, yeah, I got nothing else.
0: Wow. Well, I got something. And it's okay. called the Gunna Geek Network. So, wait, this is a terrible sandwich. This isn't artisanal at all.
1: Well, now it's just a pile of meat. Now it's an open-faced sandwich. Okay. Which is still a sandwich, but it's like a lot of meat on that right. sandwich.
0: Okay, well...
1: And, Panera, you can still sponsor this episode and future episodes of Unqualified Gamers. Unqualified
0: Gamers is not the name of our podcast. But you could also
1: sponsor you, Unqualified... You f- you could <laughs> also sponsor Unqualified Gamers as well, I think, right? We could just put those those advertisements into those old episodes that we
0: You did. forgot the name of our old podcast when AC was talking to you on Game Life Guidance.
1: Yeah, wasn't that crazy? I couldn't remember it. I don't even remember what I called it, but it was not the correct name. You called it Life it Gamers or
0: something? Name
1: i was it not was, right yeah. whatever it was it was not it's the great. right
0: name. um well i listen i to, well i guess i'll put a little bit of at least mustard on the sandwich by plugging the gonna geek network which we are a part okay. of two quick hits real fast that we are part of the gonna geek network at going you can check out other geeky podcasts there including all things good and nerdy we haven't talked about them in a while on episode 223 of All Things Good and Nerdy, entitled You're the Best, the full crew is back and seems to be losing some of their interest in Pokemon Go. Uh-oh. Naki leads the crew in geeking out over the new Star Wars Rogue One trailer, Chris has found out that Lando might be in Han's solo prequel, and Anthony has found out Nintendo Power is no longer on Archive.org. What? Finally, Willie has gotten some playtime on No Man's Sky and is ready to give his initial review. Have you gotten No Man's Sky? Is that on your list?
1: It's on my list, but I don't have it yet.
0: Okay, same here. Uh, on my list, don't have it. I I had just purchased my Final Fantasy 14 month subscription before realizing it came out this month. So, so right. yeah, I'll get it later. Hopefully on sale. Um, but anyway, that's all things go to Nerdy 223. You're the best on GettingGeek.com. And uh, and also uh, breaking news: I just received an email from Guns and Roses newsletter that Guns and Roses are headed to Japan. And guess what country, John?
1: I'm going to say Spain.
0: So it's closer to Japan than Spain. Europe. So it's a country.
1: Spain. <laughs> Thank you so much. Um, I'm going to say Australia because we know people it's there. It's Australia.
0: It's Australia. You're right.
1: So, Wait a minute. That's also a continent. So AC,
0: host of Game of My Fell into Australia, you were required to go to the show with your wife because I went with my girlfriend when they were here and we're the same person. So if you're an Australia listener, check out Guns N' Roses. I have an exclusive pre-sale access code and I will email it to you or tweet it at you. Hit me up on Twitter at Producer Cody. I'm there all the time. I'll uh, let you know about it. Don't we do something else to end our episodes? I feel like we do something else.
1: I think I can take care of that. Is it just you doing that part? I think I can take care of that.
0: All right, do that thing.
1: So we just want to say thank you for listening to the Game Life Balance US podcast, the American edition of the Game Life Balance podcast. Please like, share, and subscribe if you enjoyed this episode and leave us a review if you really want to make our day. You can find us on the Gunna Geek Network at gunnageek.com or on the official podcast network of Chicago's WGN Radio at wgnplus.com. Learn more about Game Life Balance, including contact information and links to our sister show in Australia at gamelifebalance.us.
0: Yes, check out gamelifebalanceaustralia.com to hear John or me with the Australians, with the Australians, with the oistroilians.
1: Oi, governor, oi. With,
0: with the governors, it's, with the governor. It's. Do they have states in Australia? Do they have cities in Australia?
1: They have cities. They have cities. They have state? They have city states? I don't, I don't know what they have, actually.